0: Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Shano, joined, as always, by the Percy to my Gordon, it's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how are you doing? Uh, I am feeling uh, optimistic, uh, bright-eyed, and bushy-tailed. And our very own uh, Thomas. That's right, it's Eric Ronebeck. Eric. The heart of the choo-choo. <laughs> Eric, I'm expecting to see a lot of Thomas the Tank Engine pictures in your Instagram feed ASAP. I need to you see... You got it. I'll Give stop me some... by and... Take some of me, your son's toys away. Give me some Can, Thomas content in the feed, buddy. I need it. I need it in my can't life.
1: See, uh, can't wait to see He-Man suplexing. Beazle. Thomas the Tank Kitchen in a wrestling <laughs> ring. That's so awesome. That'd be so cool. Uh, let's make it happen.
0: Okay. So uh, let's first, uh, we got to start with uh, the elephant in the room. Seahawks played a football game last week. Against San Francisco they,
1: 49ers? I feel like they played half a football game. Okay,
0: how did how did you feel going into halftime? Up 16-13. Okay, we're up 16-13, Eric. How did you feel? Well,
2: I looked at all the scores around the NFL from, you know, the, the games around us, and I said, well, maybe, maybe it's upset day. And maybe if we keep this close, we can win. Don't get too excited. That's how I felt.
0: But so I felt my- pleased. I was like... Cool. We're gonna make this a game. <laughs> DK no. Metcalf at halftime or I'm sorry, Kenneth Walker at halftime had 13 rushes. He's looking good on the ground. Uh he would receive two more rushes for the rest of the day. What what happened with the Seahawks that. offense that got them so off track in the in the second half, Kevin? What why did the offense get so untracked? It felt like
1: I think what basically ended up happening was so they the Forty ers had the score to make it uh uh 16-14 Seahawks got the ball back there was that penalty 17-16 going in the half seemed like the momentum was was with the Seahawks but we knew we had to kick it to San Francisco um they come down score fairly easily and then we had kind of the decisive drive the offense was clicking really well um Gino and the team took the ball down the field we were still running the ball At a reasonable level, still using some like kind of the Jakey Wildcat stuff, and then uh, Damian Lewis got popped for uh, blocking like a quarter of a yard downfield further than they decided arbitrarily. It works that time.
0: Damian Lewis got a weird (laughs) a weird penalty that got us off schedule and made it uh, obvious. So then and then we had incomplete pass on DK, which and which I think
1: the DPI was pretty strong there, but I understand.
0: DK got killed all game, but also they let our our guys get away with a lot too. It's hard to like not say they were calling an inconsistent game. That being said, DK was getting hammered in this game. Like the fact that he got ten catches, I'm fairly impressed by just based on like watching the game and watching him just get the crap
1: beat out of him for four. So quarters. then we had the fumble, and then they scored so fast after that. I think it just kind of blew out the game plan. Because now we had, we went from up by one point to down by two scores. Yeah, down by 14. Really, and that was just an ugly situation. Like mm-hmm. it was, and it suddenly looked like our defense couldn't get a stop to save their lives. And we had another toxic differential play with the Debo Samuel pass, and it was 38
0: 17. And then it just felt the game, the game got out of hand so quickly after the fumble. The fumble was really the turning point of the game for sure. Um, it just felt, Another thing too is, is it felt like the two teams were pretty evenly matched, and it was going to come down to like who can protect the ball better and who can get some big plays. And well, we didn't protect the ball in the second half, and they got the big plays. And um, it proved the answer to the eternal question is: Can you win the game in the second quarter? No. Eric?
2: Uh, no? I'm I'm waiting for you to go full Pete Carroll, but to answer your uh, Pete Carroll esque question, oh, should no. I should I do the should I do the thing?
0: You know, like the big arm arm motion stuff. It's yeah. Crazy. yeah. Uh, hey, you
2: know what, Pete, though? You can actually lose a game in the first quarter, the second quarter, third quarter, and of course the fourth quarter. Uh, but no, you can't win the game in any of those quarters. Yeah, they, they won the, the fourth.
0: They won the game in the fourth quarter, though. The 18 fourth quarter points really put the game away. They did a great job just kind of salting the game away. We had the, gar- the garbage time touchdown drive. I think we scored with like a minute 46 left. That drive... It was a great drive but it just took like three minutes and it was a time in the game where we needed like a 30 second drive like they had had earlier in the game <laughs> you know <laughs> so, yeah so it just felt it just felt like oh uh, yeah
1: well we that's just, the we drive can...
0: you want when you're up not when you're down <laughs> it's tough it's tough it's uh it it showed so yeah we lost to the san francisco 49ers it sucks um it did feel like we had a chance in the game which is nice so now we head into the off season. um But before we do that, wait, sorry, I didn't really even, we didn't really even talk about the defense. Uh, There's not really much to say, though. Like, I thought we did a decent job until we gave up a couple really huge plays and just the the wheels completely fell off. Uh, Did you stomach a rewatch on this? I, (laughs) you're going to, you're going to hate me for this. I rewatched the first, (laughs) the first half, and then I knew what happened after that, and I turned it off.
1: (laughs) you know i like i like watching the strong I,
0: I watched the first half and i was like yeah i'm, I'm good i don't i don't want to go through this again and i just like i just <laughs> looked at the play-by-play and read like the plays and just remembered it that way i couldn't watch it again i could it I, was hard about halfway through the third quarter on was pretty unwatchable it's it was just hard and the, the giving up those huge plays it's just like those huge talks differential plays pete's talked about it for years and it's a, it's a point of emphasis for the team and you just can't do that another thing too is is like we to win this game we had to make brock purdy like a passer his stats are not that good in this game like if, no. especially if you take out like the one the gigantic the gigantic catches on zero yard passes to debo samuel and christian mccaffrey and stuff like he had 18 for 30 for three touchdowns but like the, the he's just he, I don't think that's super hot take here guys. I don't think Brock Purdy's winning the Super Bowl. We uh, talked about it. he's the new Tom Brady, that's what everyone told me. No, he's this the new Jimmy. He's the new Jimmy Garoppolo and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with being the new Jimmy Garoppolo. I just think it's really hard to win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback. That's you you're you're really up against it cuz eventually he's going to screw up. Brock Purdy right. Brock Purdy's going to remind you why he was Mr. Irrelevant at some point and it's going to be swift and sudden. And everyone's gonna be like, well, you know what happened? I don't understand. He was seven and oh, he'd won a million games in a row. And then yeah, well
1: the second half was who definitely brought to us by Bone Hurting Juice. Uh that was they? the sponsor. <laughs> who are they who are they playing next? The Giants? Uh they are playing the Dallas
0: Cowboys. Oh yeah. That that should be a that should be a real fun one. Like like the two mo those are those teams were in the F minus tier. That's like we're rooting for the Meteor, right? Is that Garrick? Okay, are you rooting for Meteor in that game? I mean, Meteor for most of the rest of the playoffs, I think. I, I mean, who's who's left that is in the is in the the good teams like Bengals, uh, we, Philly. We, we all kind of <sighs> like the Bengals. We all kind of like Philly. We all kind of like the
1: Jags. Uh, Kansas this, City, because Andy reads the goat. So yeah, Kansas City. Okay, that's not too bad actually. The playoffs should be fine. Um, really, it's just well- Dallas at San Francisco. Just it's a, a conglomeration of suck. <laughs> That's the problem. Like we started off with the game that was just like, what is it? Uh, It's uh, it's everyone you hate. That's that's also the immediate Twitter reaction to this was like, oh, well, the Lions could
0: have lost by 20 points. Why wasn't it? The Lions was like the immediate Twitter reaction. And everyone was kind of bagging on the Seahawks for, you know, knocking the Lions out of the playoffs, even though we played head to head and beat them. So I don't know what the problem is. But the but the. The the car charger's instantly taking the heat off of us, going up running interference. Great, going up twenty seven (laughs) zero and and losing thirty one thirty. Like man, thank (laughs) thank you. Los Angeles chargers for just being exactly who they were. And then this morning they fire their offensive coordinator, man. Talk about your all time fall guys. Like the, <laughs> <laughs> that's Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley should have got fired a hundred percent. And then you're just going to sit there and tell me that, oh, the, yeah, we're going to fire the offensive I'd coordinator. Be so Get-
2: mad if I had Brandon Staley as my coach, as he was walking off the field, he just had the most dumbfounded look on his face. Yeah. yeah. You should have paid yeah. attention.
0: Yeah. Maybe like if you get four interceptions on a quarterback in a half, you should win there. That's not, it should not be possible for the other team to win. I, I, I mean, just kudos to Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson and the whole Jaguars team. Like that's, that's a lot of resiliency. That's a young team that is probably on the way up now, right? Like that. there's nowhere, there's nowhere else for them to go. Like they look
2: as, as the official Seahawks nest, uh, team to root for, um, I'm, I'm stoked for the Jags yeah. Good for them. I mean, Good for you got to
0: gotta remember, though, at the end of the day, God hates Jags. So it, it, <laughs> it is it is what it is. That's a
1: Patreon podcast joke, making it over to the main podcast. OK, Um. so going back I, to our game, I think the thing I noticed in the second half showing up a lot, uh, just talk about the defense real quick. Aside from not being able to get consistent pressure, uh, I think we had a big issue where the linebackers like Cody Barton's limitation is he, he cannot read the field very well. And I think that this game really exposed it because he basically is taking his cue from the coaches. He's like Jared Goff at quarterback where the coach has to do kind of the breakdown form a little bit. And he was being told to basically just key the run. And there were several times where the linebackers keyed the run a uh, bit on play action and the entire underneath was exposed. Yeah. He a had lot no... of those open throws in the seams was that
0: Cody Barton is not getting, was not getting any depth in this game. Like he was just, he was just so close to the line of scrimmage all the time. And Tanner Muse actually was when he was spying and being
2: <laughs> a doofus. I mean, I really like that three, four when we rush three and Cody Barton kind of goes back and then goes, Oh, maybe I should rush the quarterback.
0: Tanner. I thought Tanner Muse was all right. Like he's, he's fine. If you asked me, if you asked me which, if, who would I rather be a starter on the Seahawks next year, Tanner Muse or Cody Barton? I honestly think I would pick Tanner Muse at this point. I cannot take another year of the up and down insanity of Cody Barton. Like the, the highs are pretty good. The good games are good, but the bad games are just so bad. Eric, I know that's your boy. I'm sorry. No, no, no! How dare you? He was my boy two years ago
2: when he showed promise. Uh, for one game this year, he was my boy. Otherwise, he's he's dead to me. I mean, <laughs> Eric wrote him out of the will. He's honestly he's he's what he should be. He's linebacker depth. But if there's a knives out movie Martin about list. Eric,
0: if there's a knives out movie about Eric <laughs> Eric getting killed, Cody Barton is the number one suspect already Bart, on my list. Barton out. I like it. Bart, the, the title's Bart, perfect. Um. All right, Ryan Neal. I want to talk about Ryan Neal. He was uh, the proverbial straw that serves the drink all season long. I do not think he was ready to come back. He no, was, he was, he looked slow. He looked injured. Um, they, they, they went after him early and then noticed that he was not there. And then, yeah, it, it was not a great, got to gotta give him credit for gutting it out. Like that's tough. Um, But I think I would have rather just had more Jonathan, more Jonathan Abram than, than, 60% Ryan Neal or whatever it was that, that hurt. Um, Tariq Woolen. I don't think this is a great matchup for him because what they're doing is very like technical and difficult to deal with. It's not straightforward. And he shows you sometimes that he's still learning a little bit. You know, he's a r- rookie who, if you watch his college tape, you're going to be like, You'll, here's the thing I think the Seahawks fans don't know is like they only seen the pro to equal the college tape is worrying. Like, I, I don't know any other word to describe Tariq equal college tape. There's a reason he fell to the fifth round. It's that like when you throw the UTSA tape on, you're like, this is going to take some work. And we didn't, we didn't get to see it very often this season, but I think this game was a good example of like, when you throw complex stuff at him, it's still pretty, it's still a challenge. It's still a challenge for him. And three years from now, he's going to be awesome at it. And he's going to be the best quarterback in the league. I'm not worried but this is year one <laughs> remember, uh, against San Francisco in the playoffs.
1: Really speaking to our core here. Um, <clears throat> do you two remember playing like a 16 bit era hockey and basketball games, video games? Oh, yes. NBA oh yeah. Super, super techno. Bas- super.
0: What about super techno yeah. basketball? That was the right. Charles Ball. Barkley was unstoppable in that game. <laughs> what a you joke. could, cause the thing is, is the power forwards are all slow and then Charles Barkley's fast. He just takes, takes it right in there. Dunk every play. There you go. You're points. getting right
1: to the heart of it. So, um, you would take a fast guy on defense and you would just spam the steel button the entire time. So you're running, you're, you're sprinting down the court or uh, you're uh, like skating down the ice, just spamming like whatever the steel button is. And just constantly like checking the person over and over and over again until you get him to cough up the ball. That is what Tariq Woolen looked like in his UTSA tape where he was just like, being faster than the other guy, but constantly doing things with his hands that you're like, well, that's either illegal or bad technique. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it's pretty amazing. The quality of play that they've gotten out of him. Like you were drafting a big ball of traits and we've gotten to see a lot of that. But when the underneath coverage failed, it exposed the fact that when he's against other guys that are really strong athletes, um, he kind of can get behind when they break in their routes not because he can't flip his hips and turn or anything, but because he doesn't quite understand like the mirror technique that he needs to be using. And so he'll step with the wrong foot or something. And you can't do that with Brandon Ayuk and Devo Samuel because then they'll get a half step on you and then turn that into a touchdown and it sucks. Um, and then Jason Myers,
0: I uh, just want to go third phase real quick. Jason Myers, still great. Uh, thank you for posting double middle fingers on your Instagram. Uh <laughs> I love that post. It's post of the year for Seahawks special teamers. Okay, um, there's a big story on offense and a big story on defense. Where do you guys want to start, Eric? You, Eric, you could pick. Let's start uh, offense first. It's been okay. our uh, it's been our the, excitement all year. Well, the elephant in the room on offense is that Geno Smith is not under contract for the year uh, for next year, and the Seahawks are saying that they've they they think a deal is going to get done. Geno is saying he thinks a deal is going to get done. Um, they said that they'll use the franchise tag if they cannot get a deal done, which does set a baseline of at least $35 million in guarantees in any Geno Smith deal. So Eric, what do yeah. you think? Do you want Geno back? And what, if, if no, why, if yes, what do you think that you, what's your ideal Geno contract look like?
2: Um, okay. So I do want Geno back. A lot of people, you know, at work are like, oh, you know, we, we can't, we can't have Geno back. He's not going to win this Super Bowl. He's not very good. Um, maybe that's true, but, uh, the reason I want him back right now is who you got, like who are you playing? If you're not playing Geno Smith, remember, and I think Kevin will, uh, you and Kevin especially, but you know, Kevin right now can say, um, is there a day one starting in the NFL draft that we're going to be able to draft with the fifth overall pick? I don't think so. I think the answer to that is no. A day one starter who's going to come in and start for the Seahawks and be and, be, be, and be
0: and be better than Geno,
2: N- yeah, no. better than Geno, or you know what Russell was his first year. It's
0: Bryce, it's Bryce Young. Bryce Young will be off the board, and I think that's the only guy I would bank on being. Would you bank good on it better though That's well, a he weighs he weighs, like he weighs like a hundred. He weighs like hundred and twenty five pounds. So it's hard, <laughs> it's hard to ba- Man, bank we on him. Have not him staying Gridge. healthy for a whole year. Yeah, but, we already had
2: the Eskridge and the Ghost of Percy Harvin.
0: If healthy, Bryce Young, Bryce Young is is it. He's on that guy, that, but it's It is scary to draft a guy who's 5'10", 125 pounds and be like, here's our franchise um, to carry them on your very narrow and tiny shoulders. <laughs> yeah. look at And also look at Jalen Hurts this year. Uh, he wound up hurting and yeah, it's, every, it's hurt his team. All those all those running quarterbacks have gotten hurt this year, pretty much, except for Josh Allen, who I believe. Why well, it'll just happen all at once. Just one time, his arm will basically fall He'll off. Get injured once, and his
1: career's over. Yeah, <laughs> it's,
0: it'll it, it'll be just like just. It, it for him, it's just the plane crashes into the side of the mountain. It's not a. It's, <laughs> there's no, there's not like a bunch of nagging injuries. It's just one big.
1: Get a home. falling out with the team? Oh yeah, they like were on bad terms. No, no, no. His arm fell out of the socket while he was on the team. While well, oh. he was carrying his bag to the team bus. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so you gotta He have...
0: takes some hits.
2: Oh, okay, anyway. yeah. Well, he thinks he's a big guy, but so you I mean, brought up the right. second point, though. He is, yeah. But not <laughs> a quarterback, not a good idea. So you guys brought up the second point, and that's the problem with NFL quarterbacks this year. You can go down the list of every team, and yeah, you may not like Gino's long-term track record but as a seahawk he's been really good and he's been a really good quarterback this year amongst yeah. nfl peers
0: so right. beyond that what uh, are led want to led the league in completion yeah. percentage um and was Broke seahawks mean, like, records Legitimately, like you, you can say, like a lot of it is Tyler and DK, and that's fair. Those guys are very good to throw to. I think we saw that with Russell Wilson, how he went from those two guys to a trash can in Denver. I'm really getting at my shots in here because they people try to act like <laughs> court. People try to act like Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler, uh, Tim Patrick, and Jerry Judy are are DK and Tyler. Come on, now. That's I like how you took a week off of uh of messing with Denver,
2: and now you're back on. No, the I'm line. back.
0: I just just agent, th- and you know what. <laughs> The thing is, Agent Three couldn't even finish the job. He barely kept us in the top five. I was like, I was all in on Agent Three. Like he, yeah, he's doing the job. He's doing the job for for Pete. He's he's playing bad on purpose. But then he won the last game, and it's like, you know what? What's the point of making you a sleeper agent with an activation word if you're not going to suck when it really counts? His, anyway, uh, <laughs> his kids told him about Agent Three on what's, Twitter. What's and he was like what? What's the word that activated Russell Wilson to make him play bad uh, in Denver? What, what do you think it is? Was was it?
1: That's right.
0: I think it was spicy. <laughs> Any, oh, anyway, Eric, uh, so you want Gino back because do. oh, you, you don't want to take a you don't want to take a huge dip in quality at quarterback. So Gino said some things that probably his agent didn't like in the postgame press conference. He said, um, these guys invested in me, they they really believed in me, and I want to pay that back. That's probably not the favorite thing that, that his agent has ever heard his player say on the podium after a game. <laughs>
1: But, but but what do you think the Geno Smith contract looks like then? You know what slight counter? His agent probably thought he was not going to make very much money off him the rest of his career. His agent is really happy. He's like, oh man, it's like 5 twenty dollar bill in a jacket that was in the closet. He, if I
0: was his agent, I'd be like looking at every contract Kirk Cousins signed and being like, dog, we got this,
1: we got this in the bag. We're <laughs> well, gonna get the all guaranteed contract. Cousins signed one for thirty five. Uh, his previous was two years sixty six. And I think if you put those contracts together, you might kind of have what we're gonna offer. Wait, wait, wait. Did
0: you like leave uh leave the first Kirk Cousins contract out though? Like didn't he sign isn't his first contract that he signed like five one fifty five with like a hundred percent guarantee. No, those are basically. the old
2: Redskins days.
0: No, yeah, you know his his, initial, all you like this his initial Vikings contract was five for one fifty-five with um yeah, nearly all <laughs> nearly all uh no, no, not all guaranteed. Close though. This is a lot of guarantees. A hundred, and I'm not gonna do the math. Hundred and thirty-six million guaranteed. Yikes. Anyway, anyway, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he, you look at that, and you're like, oh, we could be that. We could be. We can be Kirk Cousins, um, but maybe not.
1: <laughs> no uh, thanks. What about now, the golf now, contract? <sighs> Four for one thirty four with about fifty with about sixty and
0: guarantees. You don't you want to take Gino through his age thirty six year like? (laughs) That doesn't make me nervous.
1: No, but I I would say three years at the same rate. Maybe uh, keep the guarantees the same. So like the first two years are almost fully guaranteed. Basically, I've been I've been working on this take for a
0: couple weeks, boys. It's time to it's time to bust (laughs) it out. You guys ready for this one? I got the. I've been put this one's on. This one's been in the forge. It's been gaining a lot of heat. Uh, all right. Here's my deal. Okay, is I think right, the Seahawks, can. much like the Jadavian Clowney contract, need to set a hard line. They need to say, this is what we're offering you. And I think it should be in the neighborhood. I'm not saying this is an exact number. It could be more. It could be less. But it to be in the neighborhood of like three years, 90 million with about two thirds of it guaranteed, like 50 to 60 million dollars guaranteed. And then you just say, that's our deal. That's what we can offer you. Um, you are free to look elsewhere if you want to, to find something else and like let, him, let, let baby bird flap his wings. And the reason I think that they should be willing to do this is because they've already been training the cheap replacement on the roster for all of last year. And you might think, this is crazy. Drew Locke looked bad in that one preseason game, and that's fair. But I think they really believe in him. There also are so signs, Gino. there are signs that they believe in him the same way they believed in Geno Smith. And at this point from John David booty all the way now to Geno Smith, uh, I think Pete has shown us that he is somewhat of a quarterback whisperer. Um, the way that Russ fell off the wagon when he, when he just, when he left the safe clutches of Peter Clay Carroll and now, and, and I mean, look at USC, Like, we had the Sanchez into Matt Leinert, right? Like, those guys were not awesome in the NFL. They were okay, but, like, they're not good. They're not good. And then with this Geno thing, they know. He knows what he's looking for. He knows what he can do. I do think, like, Drew Locke coming back on a one-year deal, like the Geno deal this year is a very real possibility that people should prepare themselves mentally for, and it would not be the end of the world, in my opinion. All right, you guys can make fun of me now. Go ahead.
2: (laughs) I won't make fun. I'll just interject and say I sure would like Gino on a team-friendly three-year deal. I don't know how realistic that is or if it's – I don't, I don't know, think like,
0: it's unreal. I don't think it's that unrealistic. Like 30 million a year, 30 million APY. Like you front load it a little bit. Cause the team, so the team will still be good. You know, you go like give him that 25, big bonus. 30, 35, you give him 60 million in bonuses. I don't think it's super unreasonable. I don't think if he hits the open market, it's as good as he might think it is. There are five quarterbacks that teams probably would like to get on their team. Quarterback needy teams would like to get on their team in this year's draft. Who's going to overpay for him though, which is going to limit his market like Washington like Washington is, Washington is the team that has the combination of cap room stupi- stupidity and, and desperation
2: and yeah and Carson Wentz the the yeah. trifecta plus Carson Wentz
0: yeah so like they're they're just like they're desperate they're dumb and they and they have cap room so maybe Washington is the team but I just
1: I don't think there's like a huge the genome question
0: is burgeoning we, genome market
1: if we can't get the deal for uh, like three years, do we mm-hmm. just franchise him then? Yeah, that's another possibility. Is like,
0: okay, if you say like, hey, this is our line 390. He's kind of who
1: the franchise tag is built for. Right. You know, you like he, take... like he, it's really questionable if he'd be worth a long-term deal. The thing, But that, he definitely is worth one year of security. The thing that sucks about franchising him is like,
0: it really it would limit our ability to sign any free agents like we are now we are now going going to war with like the team from last year plus draft picks there is no there is no like second free agent or anything like that i mean the guys we can cut to to save money are guys that you probably don't want to cut and gabe jackson so, so and guys Gabe that jackson, don't want to cut and one guy really want to cut but gabe jackson is it's not a huge cap savings and it's like can you really do a lot better than gabe jackson for for uh for Six and a half million. I don't know. In my opinion, it's not like that. It's it's tough. It's tough times out there, man. There's there the thing is is a lot of teams don't have a ton of cap room. We are one, two, three, four, five, sixth in NFL in cap room for next year right now. We don't have a ton of dead money. We have a lot of players under contract, so we can really if we can get Geno in on any kind of team friendly deal, uh it really make opens up a lot of possibilities for us to sign like a good free agent or even to like medium free agents. And Pete said it in the post game. Okay, let's go to the defense. Pete said in the post game, he said they asked him um, what's the difference between their team and your team. And he said, the difference is the front seven. Okay. We saw this at the beginning Shots. of the Pete Carroll era. Um, the front seven was not great. He brings in all these guys, Cliff Averill, uh, He, he brings in Michael Bennett. Um, who, to, uh, yeah, Clemens early on Tony Jefferson and yeah, what was that? What was the interior guy that we had? Was it Jeff- uh, Jefferson? One, Rocky Bernard? No. Yeah, but... are you thinking?
2: I'm a... Wait, Quentin's oh. first go-round?
0: No. I'm... Here, you know what? I'm just going to look up the depth chart from 2013 and all this tally. Tony McDaniel. Is what I'm oh, thinking. yeah. That's Tony McDaniel. Tony be McDaniel. Soho of the Seahawks. We, si- we, signed him <laughs> from my, we signed him from the Dolphins, and I'll be honest, he was pretty good. If my memory serves me correctly, I remember him being good. So, yeah, we, have the, we brought in all this help in the front seven. Do you drafting dra- Bobby of course, drafted of course we drafted, Yeah, I was going to say of course we drafted Bobby KJ and Malcolm mm-hmm. Smith who are all who are all pretty good and Bruce Urban who are all pretty yeah. good uh, uh linebackers. We made a huge investment in the front in the front uh in the front seven. Do you do you guys think that a similar investment in the front seven is coming this offseason um in draft drafting uh trade free agency like like we saw that time, Kevin? What do yes. you think? What, what, what are some guys that have caught, what are some, uh, you know, free agents and, uh, have you been, have you been perusing the? I know you love the, to look at the roster. Are there, uh, any, um, free agents and D alignment I, uh, that you've been looking at or, uh, you know, some, some, uh, some potential, I mean, the rookies are obvious. We all want Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. There's been a lot of hand wringing about that, by the way, which I, I find kind of interesting. Do you, do you, do you understand that? Like, the people, people are now really frustrated because we're fifth and they think it's unlikely that we'll get Anderson or Carter. Um,
1: I think that's possible, but then if that happens, then there's probably going to be a trade back for the quarterback that's slipping. And so we'll be in a good position to trade like back with a team like Carolina so they can get their quarterback and then we pick up extra value. So I like, I get it, but I disagree.
0: I just think, It's way too early in the process to be like, oh, set in stone, these guys are going to go one, two. And I'll give you an example from way back. And we're going to go way back to one year ago. (laughs) We're going to go all the way back to 2022, 10 months ago. And I think in January of last year, if you would have told people, hey, Kayvon Thibodeau is going to fall to five, they'd have been like, ah, that's weird. Who came up? And if you would have told them, it was uh, – was the guy that Jacksonville picked? No, I, no it left my uh, brain. Jaylen, uh, Jaylen Trayvon. Uh, Trayvon, yeah. Wow, we're, we're really killing it. Walker. Trayvon Walker. Okay, so Trayvon, <laughs> Trayvon Walker. Right, I thought you were going to say the rest. I was trying not mm-hmm. to like don't, step on you. No, you go. Kill <laughs> me. Uh, so Trayvon – and they say Trayvon Walker came up. They'd be like, What? That's kinda wild. Like that wasn't a super uh, productive that wasn't a super productive college player, you know? Okay. The same thing's gonna happen with Brian Brissy in this draft. Okay. It's just gonna happen because that guy is gonna test out the room. And even though he wasn't super productive on a very good Clemson team, people are gonna start to talk themselves into him because the physical tools are incredible and we can mold him. And and Walker's had a pretty solid rookie season. He's not as good as Kayvon Thibodeau, though. I would say everyone would probably flip that if they could at this point in the, in the Jacksonville organization. They probably are thinking, oh, man, I wish we, we would have done this differently. But it is what it is now. Right. So don't like think that, oh, yeah, this is set in stone. It's over. Now we're going to have we're stuck with these guys or whatever. It's just not it's just not how it works. Um, There'll be there'll be guys available that we can go for. All right, um, I'm going to go for my interior defensive line free agent, Kevin. I really want Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, uh, great fit. Dalvin Tomlinson played nose Big for the body. Giants to start his career. Minnesota has lined him up in the three tech spot, so he can play inside and outside depending on down. We've really missed, and that the thing is, is that when he played nose, he was really good against the run. And now that he plays three tech, he's really good against the pass. proves that he can do both. Um, There's just a flexibility thing there that I really enjoy. Uh, He's a really good football player. Dalvin Tomlinson would be number one on my list. unless unless JJ Watt (laughs) unretires, then JJ Watt's number one.
1: Oh, I don't want JJ Watt. uh,
0: Why?
2: He's 72 years old.
1: He lives DJ in a what? cabin.
2: He lives in a cabin. First of all, I don't know if you've heard the story a million times, but the man is so humble. He lives in a cabin. Uh, no, I just—he's old. He's aging out. He's—he's uh, uh, he's football aging cancer. out of what?
0: He had 12 and a half sacks this year. Like, I'm gonna I mean... go down to ten
2: next year if he plays. And I don't oh, on, any only te- only
0: only <laughs> ten from an interior <laughs> defensive line position. That no, I don't. Horrible. I would. I would I much rather have Dalvin Tomlinson. So, come on. Uh, no, I think J.J. Watt would be my number one, target. but he's retired. It's it's over. It doesn't matter. I, we don't need to talk about him. But I just he's lives so good, at, so good at football, and apparently he lives in a cabin. But yeah, Dalvin Tomlinson, I think, is a good scheme fit. I think he's a good football player. I think that if they sign one kind of marquee interior defensive line free agent, that's the dude they should go for. Uh, How Kevin much? was. How, How much, much is Dalvin for? Tomlinson going to go for? That is a, a great. Lot. That's a great question. It, you say a lot, but I'm less. I'll be like sixteen million stirred. a year over five.
2: Is it more? There than was that? like
0: the thing about Dalvin Tomlinson is okay. So he he got what 220, 221 in his last contract. I really feel like it could be something similar. Three thirty, two two twenty one again. That's, There's just that's affordable. It's it's not going to be cheap. It's going to be like kind of like what we were paying Puna this year to play DT, except for this guy's just way better and a, scheme, a way better scheme fit, bare minimum, and probably a better football player. Uh, I think between t- between ten eight 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 to tw- eight to twelve, and that's the range I think on APY. Uh, looking at what other guys got, like BJ Hill got three thirty. I think that's pretty similar to what this what Dalvin Thomas is going to be looking at. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's that's a guy I think they should target. I mean, I don't think we're going to be able to get the top guys. Like we're not getting Deron Payne. We're not we're not getting definitely. Hargrave. We're definitely not Hargrave. getting Javon Hargrave. It, God, that would be so cool if we did, though. If we got Javon Hargrave, it, here's what's gonna happen. Here's what I hate about the friggin' Eagles. Is Javon Javon Hargrave is gonna probably re-sign for the Eagles for like less than I think that he should make. Like it's not going to be something that the Seahawks could have afforded, but it's going to just be less than I think that he should <laughs> less than less than I think he should make. I, I just bugs me. Just bugs me that the Eagles are so good at at just free agency and, and all that stuff. I don't like, do people really like Philadelphia? I don't understand how they get free agents to come there and we can't get. Okay. It seems like we have to convince everyone with big money to come here. And then they're just like, hey, you want to live in Philadelphia? Like the, the worst city? I don't know. I don't know. I guess French fries on the no, is French fries One the sandwich. Ridge. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh well, that, No, that's Pittsburgh. That's Pittsburgh. That's that's Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's that's cheese steaks. Steaks. Tony Luke's. It's
2: all about Tony Luke's and whiz.
0: I don't like I, I've i been to Philadelphia. Cheesesteaks. You're right. Yeah, I don't no, it was They're OK. It's cheesesteak is the kind of thing you eat when you're on vacation and regret it the whole day because now you're like stuck outside of the room because really after you eat a cheesesteak, you need to lay down. <laughs>
2: This is true, but I don't and I don't know where Kevin stands, but I don't want to turn this into a cheesecake bashing podcast because I'll have no part of it.
0: You don't want a uh, cheesesteak at all? No, I don't want to rip on a cheesesteak. I love the cheesesteak. I, I mean, I'll eat a cheesesteak. I just don't want to eat it and then not be able to lay I'm down. I'm not gonna on talk bad about cheesesteaks, but I am gonna say if I have a cheesesteak, I also want a bed in
1: a bathroom close by.
0: Kevin, is, is there a, <laughs> is there a front is there a front seven guy that you would love to see uh find his way into a Seahawks uniform?
1: Uh a guy who might be a little bit cheaper. Um But thinking along the same lines is uh, David Onyemata from New Orleans. He's got the size and um, a little bit of experience playing kind of that nose. Uh, So he's a guy who could play inside and give Al Woods a little bit of a breather. Now that he's getting older, I think we'd look at Al Woods taking like second priority in a timeshare if he comes back instead of being our primary nose. Uh, yeah, I agree. That's something we really need to address. He's so phil- we're we're not
0: old. Sheldon Rankins, just as like a cheap guy too, I think could be a good nose tackle. I very, like Sheldon Rankins, affordable. but
1: um, if I remember correctly, he has had a lot of trouble when asked to play the nose.
0: He played here. I can look it up for you, but I'm pretty sure he played nose like almost exclusively this year, but or something. Here, let's see. Sure. you you uh, you go you go into a few rookies that, that have caught your eye that people can start watching to get prepared for our draft podcasts. Well, uh
1: I, I think do. it's an interesting uh nose class as far as players that are going to go in um the first few rounds uh like the first oh, yeah, the,
0: three rounds. The, Jet, the Jets play our old uh, our old uh off our defense. Old defense. There is no nose tackle in that defense. Yep. Never mind. Okay, go <laughs> go can continue. Uh, he played it, he played nose for the Saints. Yeah. Okay, anyway, go back.
1: Yeah, which kind of had diminishing returns. Uh, So I think you could make an argument for Carter and Brzee being able to play the nose over time. But I think to start with, they are probably going to be three techs. Uh, Siaki Ika out of Baylor is like a born to be nose tackle. He might go a little bit too early because he could end up testing really well. But I think he's a really good fit. Uh, Gervin Dexter out of Florida. Uh, Mozzie Smith out of Michigan. I think these are the guys that we're looking at being really good fits is um, probably anywhere from the end of round one into middle of round three is where they'll probably go. I think those are probably the top three nose tackle prospects to me.
0: Yeah, I think there's a couple of good line, uh, a couple nice linebackers in this class that will be really cheap, too. Like, you oh. could just try You could try the Leighton Vander Esch reclamation project for like zero dollars, probably. Yeah, you, you can do something like that. Um, there's also some some neat guard players out there. You can go, you can try to get, ironically, go get Dalton Risner, which would be funny to me. From like take him from
1: Denver. Dalton riser. I think, would be a great <laughs> right guard. Honestly, like that's a that would be a really good free agency pickup for us. I'd rather uh, He's already ben- shown that he can consistently block as a uh, pass blocker. It's his run blocking that could use a little help. I'd rather uh, go
0: go right or wrong and go get Ben Powers. Finally, I was all about Ben Powers. In the 2019 draft, and then uh, we—he's been pretty good for Baltimore, at least past blocking.
1: Wasn't Ben uh, Powers uh, uh, the name of Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in uh, uh, Running Man? Maybe <laughs> it's, I don't know. I,
2: mean, I I feel like we love that movie so much. I think it would have rung a bell. Maybe. I... All
0: right. Well. Oh, ben we're, cl- we're getting as we get as we get ready to close the book on the 2022 Seattle Seahawks. just want to get, get to you guys up to give your, your final thoughts on this team, uh, how they met your expectations. Uh, did, did they, how you feel about this season and how you feel going into next season, uh, going into an off season that probably will decide, uh, you know, will will kind of turn our fate one way or the other. So Kevin, start us off. What, uh, how do, how do you feel about the, uh, the old uh, 2022 season?
1: Um, I've said a few times this year and I'll just stick with it. I think that it's a lot more fun to watch a team that feels like they're on the way up than on the way down. And after watching what felt like a, uh, Russell Wilson led team that was constantly scratching and clawing at keeping a playoff window pried open by any means necessary to watch a retooling that happened overnight and the team didn't miss a beat. In fact, got better while trading away at star quarterback um, for a season. I thought was going to have a lot of very difficult to watch football. It had a lot of really fun games, and, and it you, was just so and fun and to watch the kids. You're Mr.
0: You're Mr. Trenches, and your 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 two sons closed the season strong, not allowing a pressure to uh, to Bosa. That's that's a uh, that's got Charles Cross, Abraham Lucas,
1: <laughs> my special boys.
0: They're, they're in yeah they they just did so good so good in the last game i just like you gotta love it
1: okay eric as soon as to close big Hark- shout out to chenny gold jackets too my man chenna
0: oh, yeah. Nuosu, you're on it you were like this is a it's the kind of reclamation project you want to do right physical tools flashes on tape but like just can't be consistent and you feel like you can you can fix that like that's the the per he was the perfect guy it is uh it is honestly a tragedy that he's not going to be able to play dodgeball at the pro bowl
1: ridiculous <laughs>
0: <laughs> put it put him in the dodgeball game NFL it's not right okay uh eric yes how do you feel about as the season comes to a close how, final thoughts this is
2: i think a totally fair way to look at it unless you were a Seahawks nest podcast host and you had some sort of belief that we were going to pull a miracle out of our hat basically our eternal optimism that we really had no Business having um, this was going to be a five win season. We went down, up and down the lineups of, you know, well, where can we, uh, you know, where can we?
0: Hey, you, you say that, but we wins. all, we all picked more, way more than five wins, And I think that's it's because. That's why I said, unless you're Seahawks in this podcast. I think, do you, do you think that's just like fake optimism, though? Or did we believe in the system, I, the infrastructure, the. <laughs> Being, being on this podcast for years we kind of
2: play off each other with our picks and not you know if uh, you know one of us says hey Jared Goff's gonna be great and one says no he's gonna be terrible uh, it's not like we lean one way or the other but when it comes to the Seahawks yeah optimism rules on this podcast uh, we're not here to you know be doom and gloom all the time one that's not fun two this is a team we all love so and we've you know we've all loved for a long time so uh, five okay. wins on this schedule and if if anything else i mean this is people out there i've had so many people tell me like oh we're only gonna win like five games this year well guess what we qualified for the playoffs and although on the surface that's cool in the immediate it means nothing but looking over the years you can say you know we made the playoffs x amount of times it's basically building your franchise your stars your star level right like Uh, how much power your franchise has, how good are they, how many times have they made the playoffs. Um, From there, we discovered a quarterback in Geno Smith. This is a guy that I didn't have faith in. I thought, like, oh, he's going to win us some games, and he can win. But let's face it, he won us games. He went down the field and played field general. He certainly played the part in the end of the season, directing young players, directing old players, you know, helping out with the line. Uh, Although I don't think he's perfect, it gave us – I'd say hope in a quarterback that can kind of carry us to the next winning team. Sorry, Gino. Uh, And then from there, young players, uh, exciting players, people uh, like Tyler Lockett, who is, let's face it, entering the twilight of his career, probably. But then DK Metcalf, uh, Kenny Dubs. What is the Dow doing? Uh, Exciting times. And what uh, the
1: dog doing?
2: Thank you. Thank you. Not just that, but let's, let's wrap it all up with thank you, Russell Wilson. Uh, a lot of people were <laughs> really, really mad that he left.
0: What Agent is Pete
2: doing? This is terrible. I hate the Seahawks. I'm heartbroken. Well, I'm gonna cancel a...
0: my. Pa- I'm gonna cancel my Patreon to the Seahawks Nest Podcast. Yes, I know. I, I and... get it, guys.
2: I'm sorry. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> no, and they look don't do that. They
1: just works. forget to update their credit card.
0: No, no, there was definitely after the Russell the Wilson trade, there's about 10 people who canceled. Okay. Yeah,
2: people really sad. So look, so look how that, that turned out for us pretty well. So that's how I view the season overall, a raging success.
0: So for me, going into the season, you know, I really thought this was a, a middling team. You know, we had some talent on both sides of the ball, but we were going to need to see players exceed expectations. If we were going to have a realistic spot shot to make the playoffs and, um, well, we saw some guys really do it this year, Tariq Woolen being the prime example, guys that unexpectedly were not just good, but great. And Cheninwosu, another example of that. Those two guys carried a defense. Ryan Neal carried a defense that probably had no right keeping us in as many games as they did. The offense, surprisingly, was not the weak link. The offense was strong in the whole season. I mean, at this point, I really... Think the offense doesn't need a lot, but the defense is a nightmare. And you think you you gotta think that this this offseason is gonna be pivotal. Like, how can we address these holes on defense to 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 get us to the next level? Because right now we we field an offense that's probably good enough to to win a Super Bowl, but the defense is just not quite there yet. And I think at the end of the day, The Seahawks proved something that we all kind of knew in our hearts. There are certain coaches and teams together that have such an infrastructure in place that you believe they're going to find their way to eight, seven, eight, nine wins. That's what we picked before the season start. Eric with seven, me with eight, Kevin with nine. Uh, That they're going to find their way to those seven, eight, nine wins, even on years where their roster is depleted or not as much as you think it is. Um, Before this season, people would have said those are the coaches like Bill Belichick. Uh, those are coaches like Mike, Mike Tomlin. Tomlin. And now I think you can clearly add Pete Carroll to that list. He's just not going to put a team on the field. That's going to win four games. It's just not going to happen. And even if the roster doesn't look good and there's bleak, they will find guys who step up. They will find guys who compete and they will build something that can get them too close to a playoff berth. I hope that this offseason we really we really continue to build that momentum and get some stars because that's really all we're missing is some solid defensive players that can push us over the top. I'm excited about the direction of the Seahawks um the arrow is pointing up and that is just a uh, really fun to see. So, yeah, that's it. That's it. 2022. What a year. What a ride. And now we I guess it's already 2023, but now we turn the book to the 2023 <laughs> foot, football season. All right, or there football. are many there are many ways to support the Seahawksness podcast. The best way to do so, head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest for as little as a dog 24 a month. Join the Patreon. Uh, get in the Discord. Hang out with us. Uh, talk to us. Um, I did put app timers on Discord, though, so I'm not on there as much as I used to be. But I'm trying to limit my phone usage now. It is an adventure in restraint. So here we here we go. Uh <laughs> Thanks to the Patreons, which I don't have the page open yet, so I'm sorry. So I'm just going to try to do it from memory. 45
1: minutes to get the page open because that's how Patreon works.
0: No, I'm just going to try to do it from memory. Here we go. Emmanuel, Andy, Brett, Cooper, Do It All for the Tucci, Evan, Flocktomus, Gavin, Greta, James, Jost, Joshua, Lucas, Rad Dad, Nikki C, Ryan, Timothy, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, Daniel, Dave, uh, Foles, Jay, Michelle, Mike, Mike, uh, Richard, Thomas, Brandon, and Nick. I I actually read that. But okay, it was not for memory. (laughs) Our movie movie club this week, uh, Netflix. You can go on Netflix right now and watch Bullet Train, then come back and talk to us uh, if you want to watch it. Otherwise, this is going to be full spoilers, so do not stay unless you have seen this. Uh, Well, or unless you just don't care about spoilers like me, unless you're me. All right, Kevin, before we start, though, I want to talk about David Leitch. I told you I had a, before the podcast, I said I have a pitch for you. Okay, did you know David Leitch is doing an Enter the Dragon remake? I did. Okay, what if the Enter the Dragon remake is actually a crossover movie of all the movies that he has uh, directed? So, (laughs) I want you to think about that. We're going to have in Enter the Dragon, it's a martial arts tournament featuring Hobbs and Shaw from Fast and the Furious, Deadpool, the characters from Bullet Train, Atomic Blonde. What do you think about this idea? Is this is this, is this great? Come on, that's this gonna a, be awesome, right? That's a, right? Thing.
1: That's, a this, that's a that's a real thing. It's, that the David, Leitch, it's David It's the
0: David. It's the David Light Cinematic Universe. Are you are you in the, the DLcu? Correct. Um, <laughs> Come on, you. This oh John you know, Wick can be John Wick can be in it too because he co-directed that, right? He just didn't get any direct. He didn't get a director's credit, but like everyone says, he co-directed it. You know, go for it. Uh, yeah, this would be cool. I'm it yes. It's gonna be so
1: sweet, uh, dude. However, I need the uh, uh the girl from Snowbrawl, the sh- the short that he shot on an iPhone eleven Pro in 2019. Without that, it's just not, it not complete.
0: I have not seen it either.
1: <laughs> N- neither have I, but if you're gonna say oh. something ridiculous, I'm not <laughs> to it, it. I thought for sure Kevin was like oh, no, Kevin, I'm making it I'm funny. making an eccentric request. <laughs> That's right. <fine. laughs> because I can. <laughs> That's fine.
0: Maybe that's maybe Snow brawl is like the is like the uh, the after credit scene. Anyway, Apparently, um,
1: he's he's directing the sequel to uh, Fall Guy as well, or no, he's doing a the, movie the Fall adaptation. Guy movie.
0: The, movie. the movie adaptation of the video game Fall Guys. No, it's it's no, a it's a it's a movie adaptation of the series. No it's, majors. The Fall Guys? Ryan guy? Ryan Gosling plays an over the hill stunt man who uh who has to is it, a bounty hunter. No, oh, no. Boy. he has to find like Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson, who he's body doubling for goes missing and he has to find him.
1: Oh, okay. That's, I the, was... that's the
0: plot of the movie. <laughs>
1: I'm in. Um, I, I, as long as they play. I mean, the theme song, you had the me, you dead. had
0: me at Ryan, Ryan Gosling, Emily Blunt and Winston Duke. Like you don't have to say anymore. Throw in
1: Sue and Aaron Taylor the, Johnson and it only gets better. I'm,
0: I'm in the, I'm in the theater already. I went, I'm in the theater for Winston Duke basically in general. It doesn't that's matter. That's a fact. It doesn't matter what it is. So, Crawl okay. daddy. Yeah, he's he is a uh, he is killing it. Okay, back to let's get back to the topic at hand though. Now that my <laughs> now that my David Light cinematic universe pitch is out there, um, you guys can do what you want with that. It's a great idea. Um, go ahead and use twenty 025 percent credits. <laughs> let's talk about Bullet Train, okay, Eric? Yeah. So, which this the thing about this movie is it's got an eccentric cast of characters, all doing very different things. So which which of these uh which of these characters really really hit for you? What was your who's your favorite, you know, uh I don't know what to call them, assassin, I guess. Who's your favorite assassin agent in a uh, agent? All yeah. Right. Who's your favorite so, agent in Bullet Train? Yeah,
2: you know, like my favorite my favorite character, my favorite assassin. My favorite assassin is probably Tangerine.
1: All right. So uh, that's Aaron,
0: Aaron Taylor-Johnson as the the foul-mouthed British uh British agent. Yeah. With yeah, the corn mustache. With the mustache,
2: <laughs> uh something something very 007 about him and um just overall you know his dialogue was awesome partnering with uh what uh lemon was it lemon yeah
0: lemon yeah, yeah. brian tyree henry <laughs> uh, always as a soon amazing. as i said it out loud i
2: was like yeah that's right
0: uh, brian tyree Hen- henry doing a, a looks, wonderful looks. british accent i i was surprised uh how how good that was i was like paper boy he really he's really in here doing it he's I killing really it
2: had to really had to check to see if he was british
0: no I, you, banter you was- never you never know though that's true yeah. i like, i'm 100% yeah. agree cuz like i was like um who was the daniel kalua i was like saw him in an interview and I, the first time i saw him in an interview talking i was like this guy is not american at all yeah. <laughs> Like, not even a little bit. <laughs> not even a little bit. Like this guy is straight up British. And that Acting uh, yeah. Thing a thing lot of you. great a lot of actor. great
2: actors come from Britain and it's uh, apparently easier to do an American accent where they just practice saying hamburger over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what Rob Pattinson said. He just he was like he said something about I've looked on my American accent. This was like when he was doing Twilight and they're like, give it to me and he was like, Would you like a hamburger? And I was like, Oh my god. <laughs> Pattinson, <laughs> handing the Oscar now. Uh, no, but really, Lemon and Tangerine had this great banter, and uh, Tangerine was just uh, I don't know a little more badass, where Lemon was a little more unhinged, or I guess a little more um, goofy. Uh, maybe not unhinged, goofy. Yeah, that's probably the word. So yeah, that's that's my that's my pick. As for characters, though, I'm gonna save that for uh, I want I want to hear Kevin's favorite and your favorite. Yeah. All
0: right. Um, Brad Pitt. Just what he was doing in this movie, Ladybug. really worked for me. This idea of like this really cool, hardened, like amazing assassin who just he's over it. He doesn't want to be an assassin anymore. He's really working on himself, and like that, I don't know, was the way he sold it too was so funny to me, and I just loved every second he was on my screen. And Brad Pitt is just he's he's one of the goats. You know, he's on all time greats. It was just really cool to see him just chewing up these this are really, a few scenes for him to eat really really interesting role that they that he's doing it's just it was awesome it's real i loved i loved brad pitt uh Wasabi definitely my peas my favorite Wasabi. <laughs> <laughs> the, when he's when he's got the the when the whole thing with um bad bunny cracked me up yes when he when he when, he th- when bad bunny throws the knife and then he uh and then he bounces off the the pan and then hits him in the chest. And he just, what did he say? He said, he said like, well, if that isn't a metaphor for misguided rage or something. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or misplaced anger or something. And it's like, <laughs> this is like so funny. I'm just like, uh. and then when they tell him, you, like, oh, you killed everyone at his wedding except him. And he goes, oh. <laughs> but then
1: just it like wasn't you could, him.
0: Just like that, that, or that part was so funny though. Like the way he just, yes. he like, oh, okay. It's like so funny.
1: wedding, and a he wedding. kept calling him like uh cig- Cigaretto or whatever instead yeah. of yeah, uh, his actual name yeah <laughs> that 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 the actual be. name,
0: <laughs> like, uh, Cigarillo? no no not she, she'd like C- el cigarro
1: yeah it's, it's like a, okay sure all right Kevin what are you do you have a- unsurprisingly it's Brian Tyree Henry with uh with uh lemon the the friggin uh, relentless Thomas the Tank Engine quotes and uh. <laughs> The the way that he had like this childlike way of handling a situation where he seemed like this really chill guy. And then it would do a quick cut to him, like putting somebody in a wood chipper or something. The contrast in the way that that character played things out. I mean, really, Lemon and Tangerine together, like you can't really look at the one versus the other because it's the combination of the two that makes everything work. When uh, Tangerine finds the diesel sticker stuck to Prince, <laughs> and mm-hmm. he's like a fucking diesel, <laughs> mm-hmm. like all those all those little pieces. The I uh, this is one of the best not Guy Ritchie Guy Ritchie movies that has ever been made. Ah, uh, where it me. has that full everybody who is in the movie. like you could just feel their character's backstory stretching way back before the movie started and everybody who doesn't die, you can see their future stretching out afterwards. Like again, lemon's last scene in the movie. When you find out he's the one who's driving the tangerine truck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All time great scene in that movie. Yeah. (laughs) The dude,
0: the, the whole ending of the movie from the time. Like, okay, so they build up the White Death so much. Yep. Yes. This, movie. Oh, this is what I'm waiting for. This is what I'm waiting and then, for. And then it's like – This is my favorite character in the there's movie. Like, there's like kind of a reveal where it's Michael Shannon. And Michael Shannon is so sweet. Like, <laughs> is there anything this guy cannot do? Thank it's you. It's so perfect. Like, And him like, and Sonata, the way they play off each other, so good. Michael, Michael Shannon was in Kangaroo Jack, guys. I mean, like, is there anything <laughs> Michael Shannon cannot do? Like, it's a serious question. Like, he's so great. And like I love just the idea, like oh yeah, I just put you guys on this train hoping you would all murder each other because you all were involved in the death of my wife. Like that's, like well, except for except for Lady uh, Ladybug, Ladybug right? because he yeah. was in
1: for he Carver. was a repl- <laughs> he
0: was a replacement. Yeah, he's a replacement assassin for Ryan um, so,
1: Reynolds. Was that who that was? Yes, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, Car- oh yeah, yeah, Car- yes. Uh, yeah, Ryan Reynolds was Channing,
0: the other one the other big cameo was Channing Tatum as like the, the dummy pastor, which was so funny. Yeah. He's like, where, he, where he's like, uh, I'll give you, 80. he's like, is this, this is sex stuff? And he's like, no, no, not at all. And he's like, oh, okay. He looks a lot disappointed.
1: <laughs> also, Masioka as the uh, uh, as the train conductor, train conductor. every yeah. every scene he was in was really funny. That was a great little interaction. Yeah, he's this, uh, bugs this, like, trained assassin. And there's people, like, shooting and everything. And he's like, I'm going to kick off the train by the conductor. I can't break this rule. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty
2: funny. Uh, if you hilarious. look at the cast listing for this, by the way, there's a lot of people that I don't know if their voices were in the movie. Uh, I didn't see them at all. Um, of course, like Sandra who? Bullock shows up at the end. Uh, Lady Gaga was in it, supposedly. Um, what, if, what, was, what was Lady Gaga in this movie? I don't know. I, I, oh, by the way, Zazzy Beats is the
1: Hornet was a
0: nice little piece. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, Fonky okay, Johnson. Lady, Lady Gaga was. was supposed to be in the movie, but got cut at the last second. Mm. <laughs> so...
2: They, like, Workaholics fans will uh, recognize Waymond Lee as
0: not in the movie. I think that <laughs> I think there was like a bunch of people who were rumored to be in the movie that like didn't end up in the uh, in the movie. Cut on of the thing. floor. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I like Sandra Bullock as like the handler, like because the voice it was bothering me like the whole time. Uh, like, I was like, <laughs> trying to figure it so, out. This is so familiar. Like I know this person. Who is this? I was like just bugging me like the whole time. Uh yeah, I mean this movie was just I don't know it's really good. It's a really good fun movie. I it's here's the thing: it doesn't have as much action as you think it's going to. It's like there's a lot of talking in this movie, but it's fun. It's consistently funny,
1: <clears throat> so it like doesn't lose your interest. I also feel like sense? the dialogue is shot like a action sequence almost. It's very rapid mm-hmm. fire, and then they do a lot of uh disjointed time frames so mm-hmm. you're looking at what's happening in other parts of the train yeah. mm-hmm. they really do a great job of keeping the pacing going yeah joy joy king great job by the way like
0: so so good as the the prince the um yeah i think the, this is the true villain in this movie yeah yes 100% and that the gets the just the way that she gets killed is uh I don't know. It's like one of the best parts of the whole movie. You really think like, oh man, she's about to just like murder everyone. And then freaking lemon from off screen. Lemon I don't know.
1: Tangerine truck.
0: Yeah. Just great. Just, just, a, just incredible. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a great, it's a great movie. I think like if you enjoy like the kind of kinetic fun action stylings of like any of the, the movies that, that these guys have put out the John wick universe guys, uh, you, this, this is this will feed this will feed the beast very nicely. This is, I didn't
1: this think is exactly about this, but this is a uh, evolution of like hardcore Henry. Is an interesting way to think about it, like a high budget hardcore mm-hmm. Henry kind of. Yeah, the thing about hardcore Henry is it was
0: like so in on the gimmick of like this is a first person movie. Oh, it's it so good. And like it, it's a weird thing you have to get used to, but it's that movie is really funny too. Like that it, that movie has great writing in a way that I think people just don't give it give it credit for. So. Yeah, I, I like I like that quite a lot as well. Do does it um it's kind of weird how like these three guys, Kolstad, uh Leitch and uh like Stahelski. they they've kind of their 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 careers are branching out now a little bit and I think that that's um that's kind of fun i guess i don't
1: know i think it's to the benefit of everybody like because there are also like no- three filmmakers that are in their like late 40s early 50s so we should be getting a good like 15 20 years of really interesting movies from them like uh, we got no, we got nobody now we
0: got bullet train we got atomic blonde um what what else the wickaverse guys, keeps going these guys are ke- yeah and then i think like um yeah stahelski keeps making the keeps making uh John Wick movies, which is cool. I mean, if he just wants I to keep making so them, good. yeah. I was gonna say just, just keep going. I guess I, I, they the writers are changing, but the movies aren't getting worse, so I'm fine with it. Like, yep. just keep just keep going. I'm fine with it being episodic. It's the same with like, um, Knives Out. Like it's just the movie we did last week. Like, if you want to make like action movies in a universe and just keep making them and and like hire a writers room and just keep making busting out these movies, like, good. You, you go ahead and do that, you guys, because they're really fun. These movies are all really fun. They do a really great job uh, putting them together. And now that I complimented them, I'm sure I'm going to see a Twitter thread next week that'll make me hate them. So, all right, you guys. Yes. <laughs> Seems like it's like this with any any member of the media that I start to really uh, really respect and like. Yeah, sorry, we uh, can't yeah. have nice things. That's they're, uh... only, they're only one day away from, from uh, doing something that will make me uh, not want to like them anymore.
1: All right, you guys have any final thoughts about Bullet Train? No, very enjoyable oh. film. Uh three point five. If you can't be perfect, be like fun. And this movie is not perfect, but really fun. I gave it a four. Yeah. I it it's just it was just a really good time. When a movie's over two hours and it doesn't feel like it, a plus.
0: Yeah. Eric, do you have a do, out of five, what, what would you give it? Uh three and a half. Very enjoyable. Right. Uh definitely rewatchable too. 100 percent agree. All right. Uh for Eric for Kevin, we'll see you guys next week. Go hawks.